So uh, this week was a little bit different week for Angela and I. We went to uh, Colorado to visit our son, uh, Freddie, and his wife, Monique. And Monique is uh, in her first trimester as an expectant mother. And so um, it was good to be able to spend some time with them. Uh, of course, you know me and my uh, affection for all things uh, railroad. Uh, we had to take a diversion while we were in Colorado to uh, Cannon, Colorado, where the Royal Gorge Railway um, is. It's an old Rio Grande Railway route that has been privatized, and so they have about four different types of locomotive uh, that pulled this train up the canyon um, where the Arkansas River runs through. And if you've never been to that part of the country and seen uh, a river in the wilds uh, in a canyon with snow and ice, um, it's truly a beautiful sight. Uh, God's just showing off in Colorado these days. Um, so it was a good time, but I have to tell you, we slept on an air mattress in our son's guest room uh, for a week, and so when we got back with sore uh, backs from sleeping like a couple of sardines in a can, it was nice to be in our own bed. So I got a good night's sleep, so I'm ready to preach this morning, so buckle up, it's going to be a bumpy ride. I want to start uh, with just a, a commentary on the lesson that was read this morning that Cindy read for us from the book of Jonah, the third chapter, uh, where it talks about Nineveh. I don't know if you're familiar with the story. Everybody knows about Jonah and the whale. But the reason Jonah was in the whale was because he didn't like the people of Nineveh, and God had told him, go to Nineveh. And he said, God, I'm not going to Nineveh. I don't like those people. And so God put him in the belly of the fish until he agreed, okay, I'll go to Nineveh. You have to admit, being swallowed by a fish is good motivation. You'll do just about anything to get out of the belly of the whale. And so he went to Nineveh, and he didn't have any kind of a remarkable message for the people of Nineveh except to tell them what God had told him to say, and that was, God's going to destroy you if you don't straighten up and fly right. And so they believed God. They believed the, the prophecy that Jonah was speaking to them, and so this entire city, three days walk across, this huge metroplex, all changed their attitudes, turned from their wicked ways, and repented, and God spared their city. Now, if you don't think that is a picture of this country today, then you are missing the point. How do we spare this country the calamity that is fast approaching? Well, the answer is we turn from our wicked ways. We turn back to God. We begin doing the things that God has told us to do in his word. We begin telling other people the good news. 
We turn back to God and we turn from our wickedness and he's promised us that if we do those things, then he will heal our land. There's only one way out of this and it's not the voting booth. It's the prayer rail. Time is short. That's the focus of the lesson this morning. And the question that goes with it, where do you spend your time? If you've got your Bibles, I'm in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7 this morning, beginning at verse 29. Paul is talking to the church in Corinth. But as you know, when Paul talks to a church, you can substitute your church or the church of which you are all members. And so here's what Paul has to say to us today. He says, brothers and sisters, the appointed time has grown short. From now on, let even those who have wives be as though they had none. Okay, husbands, let's not get carried away here. This is what Paul is telling us, and he's using these things as examples. He's not saying ignore your wife or pretend you don't have a wife. He's saying, make sure that you have your priorities straight. Now listen, let even those who have wives be as though they had none, and those who mourn as though they were not mourning, and those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing, and those who buy as though they had no possessions, and those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it. For the present form of this world is passing away. See, it's a rather cryptic piece of scripture that if we drill down into it, we will understand that Paul is telling us here, time is of the essence. There's no time to waste, so don't comp complicate your lives unnecessarily. Keep it simple. Keep it simple in your marriage. Keep it simple if you have occasion to grieve. Keep it simple in your joy. Whatever it is you're doing, keep it simple. Even in ordinary things, your daily routines of shopping and, and going to school and going to work, all of those things, keep it simple. Deal as sparingly as possible with the things that the world thrusts on you because the world as you see it is on its way out. There's a reason for the craziness in the world. Because things are being turned upside down. And so as we read the scripture, we need to ask ourselves some questions. We're always asking ourselves questions when we read scripture. That's a good thing because we have to understand practically how does God's word affect us in the here and now. And so these questions come to mind as we read this. Do we walk through our days with a sense of urgency? Do we walk through our daily routines with any sense that time is short? Do we have any routine sense in our daily lives that the plan of God for this world in which we live is unfolding before our eyes. 
And that soon and very soon this world will pass away and the promise of the new heaven and the new earth will come to be. And when that appears, when that happens, we need to be ready for it. Do we have that sense about ourselves? Or, like most people out there, do we go through our days wholly, totally immersed in the things of the world? Instead of having a sense of urgency for the things of God, have we set about busying ourselves with the things of this world? We may move about with a sense of purpose, but whose purpose is it? Are we about God's plan or are we about our own agenda? Are we about God's schedule or or God's timing, or are we about our own schedule, our own timing? Are our lives complicated in the things of the world, or are we spending our time in the word and the will of God? Are we getting our lives centered on Jesus, getting our loved ones ready for his coming, getting our houses in order for the return of the king? What are you spending your time doing? What's your daily schedule? See, we're winding down the season of the church known as Epiphany. And so we're fast coming into a, a small period of ordinary time. But then before you know it, it'll be Ash Wednesday and we'll be into Lent. It's, it's amazing to me because 2020 seemed to take a decade. It took a long time to get through that tough year. And now all of a sudden, we are careening into 2021 at breakneck speed. Do we have a sense of urgency as we go into this new year? As we examine our current state of affairs in our daily and our weekly routine, what percentage of our time do we devote to the Word of God? What percentage of our time do we devote to communion and prayer? What part of our day or week do we spend in worship of the one who alone is worthy of that worship, worthy of our devotion, and worthy of our time? If you were to do a pie chart, how much of that pie would be filled in with the things of God and how much of that pie would be filled in with the things of the world? So when I look at my agenda and my schedule, I find that it's so jam-packed with things to do that I simply have to give something up because my week is so full of stuff that I want to or feel I need to get done. What is the thing that I put off when I don't have time? When it doesn't fit my agenda, which thing do I cross off my list? What thing am I willing to sacrifice in order to get my list done? Is the thing that I put off worship? Is the thing that I put off Bible study? Is the thing that I cross off my list, is it prayer time? What's the first thing that gets crossed off your list? What's the first thing you delete from your schedule? Is it Sunday worship? 
Is it spending quality time with family? Do you sacrifice your time in ministry? Oh, I don't have time to feed the hungry. Is it time in fellowship with other believers? Ah, men's breakfast. Yeah. just breakfast do I cross off communion with God do I cross off my prayer time see Paul's telling us that we have to simplify our lives we have to move through this world being in it but not of it we have to detach ourselves from being entirely immersed in the world so deeply that we lose ourselves in it we can't spend all of our time devoted to the things of the world and expect that we can be in tune with and in step with the things of God. Paul tells us that we have to keep it simple as we move through the world in our daily routine. Don't get too attached to the things in and of the world because God has plans and purpose for us that are not at all about this world. The Bible says his ways are higher than our ways. The bar he has set for us is so much higher than the bar that we set for ourselves. Don't set your sights on achieving worldly stuff because you limit yourself and your God-given potential when you aim that low. See, Mark 8, verse 36, Jesus says, for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Verse 37, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So as we are very near the end of the first month of January, coming out of the season of epiphany, the revelation of Christ to the world, I want to encourage you this morning and, and also challenge you this morning to refocus your lives on the things of God. To simplify your daily lives so that your focus is more on Him and less on your own agenda in the world. See, when you cross things off of your schedule, cross off the worldly things. And give yourselves more time to be a part of the kingdom. Because the world is passing away. Turn on the TV. You'll, you'll see. You will recognize the signs. Especially if you've been in your Bible. You will see Bible Verses unfold before you. And so you know that the time is upon us. Jesus is coming soon. This world will pass away, but his kingdom is forever and ever. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.